Welcome, dear friends, to On Mike with Jordan Rich. This is unofficially our 300th episode. I say unofficial because we've got a live podcast taping in the works to officially celebrate number 300, but this is 300 nonetheless. And as I say on just about every intro, this is the podcast where conversation is alive and well, conversation with creative people who have something to say. And it's very appropriate that on this number 300, we're joined by a very creative fellow in his own right. His name is Chris Lumry, L-U-M-R-Y. He's the author of Creativity Unlocked, an inside-out approach to a life of joy and purpose. Chris is an entrepreneur, a writer, and filmmaker, and heads up two organizations we'll talk about. One is called One Step Guides, and the other is a nonprofit, One Step Hope. You're about to hear his philosophy and mine on the beauty and vitality of creativity. And I know you'll enjoy hearing from Chris, who says, the question is not if you are creative, but what and how you are creating. More on that as we get into it. And I can't wait to get into it, so let's do it. Let's welcome Chris Lumry, author of Creativity Unlocked, to join us now on Mike. Well, creativity is in the air. That's the way we uh, open up our podcast with the term uh, where creative conversation is alive and well. Today, it's really alive and well. It's thriving because I have the uh, author again of Creativity Unlocked. His name is Chris Lumry. And Chris, where did this all begin and how did it begin for you, this uh, explosion of creativity that was unlocked in your life? How did it happen? Jordan, thanks so much for having me. Um, creativity is something that for me personally, and I think for others in the world, a redefinition can be incredibly powerful for recognizing this innate aspect of our human experience. Now, many of us have limited creativity to the field of arts, entertainment, maybe science or innovation, when the first definition of creativity or to create is to simply bring something into existence. And broadening our definitions of it can actually help us unlock the meaning, the purpose, the joy, which is a theme I love to talk about, um, of our creative process, both for long-term projects and day-to-day experiences and this is coming from someone who seven years ago, I would have laughed at you if you had told me that I was creative. What happened seven years ago? There must have been an epiphany of some kind that uh, moved you ahead in this area. Tell us about it. Definitely. So I had just finished my master's degrees um, with someone who grew up with a lot of focus on academics, on a professional career. Um, I was working in Silicon Valley and it was actually in a season of walking through some personal challenges with alcohol with other addictive patterns in my life, in the process of getting help for those challenges, I rediscovered this concept of connection, this aspect in the words of the wonderful Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. um, this being fully known, fully accepted, and realized that that's what I've been looking for for most of my life in all of these different spaces for achievement. And it was that experience of connection, um, of acceptance, I, I would use the word grace in a sense as well, that unlocked an ease to create because there was, um, I think, a lot of pressure to have things in a sense be enough in order for them to have value or to prioritize them in my life. And so much of the creative process requires a more childlike approach, a willingness to accept and actually love where we are so that we can, uh, that, that's actually what fuels more powerfully exploration and growth um, and finding those things that bring joy and meaning to our hearts whether or not people see them, recognize them, validate them, or reward them. And that transformed creativity for me. Well, Chris, that's what I loved about the book uh, as I read through it. It's really about the experience you get when you 
get creative, and there's no right or wrong way, essentially, to do it. As you say on the back cover, what do singing in the shower, budgeting plans, good coffee, and meaningful moments with a loved one, what do they have in common? And it's all about the creative process. Yeah. Again, there's something that's really powerful. We can see our lives from that lens. And the field of neuroscience, um, behavioral psychology, I'm not a scientist myself, but I get to borrow from the findings of a lot of incredible folks. They're showing more and more how powerful our lenses are in a sense. The belief systems, the mindsets that we have, that because our brain is no plastic, can actually shift. And our understandings of ourselves can shift. Our understandings of our creativity can shift. And it's, it's, it, you said it very well. It's not about this right and wrong thinking. It's around, is my understanding of creativity, is my experience of it leading to the rewards, the results, the values that I have personally? And um, that permission to take a look and be honest of, hey, this might be great. It might be actually really not great. No matter where our starting point is, there's always space to discover and in a sense to create something that's new or different. Every chapter is an unlocked chapter. It has unlocked as part of the uh, the wording. And this is what will tell you a lot about what Chris is getting at. It's not just creativity unlocked, which is the opening chapter, but it's things like your healing, um, spirituality, childlikeness, love that one, even legacy. What happens when somebody approaches creativity in a more open way is that we realize we don't have to meet anyone else's standards. We can be creative in our own world. View can change. And uh, that's what I loved about this process. And it does change the, the neuroplasticity of the brain when you start thinking a bit out of the box, doesn't it? It does. It does. I always love to say that parents are some of the most creative people in the world because they're constantly problem solving. They're creating new experiences um, new opportunities for the things that they're facing in day-to-day life. And with the folks that we've worked with at One Step Guides, we work with business professionals, um, moms and dads, artists, musicians. And it's interesting, you know, the outflows, the situations, the context can be very different. These principles can help people begin to take baby steps. We use that terminology a lot to unlocking greater purpose and joy through recognizing, celebrating, and then right. activating, oh, how can I make something that feels a little bit mundane more creative in a sense. Uh, well, you probably know this by now. I'm a bit of a wise guy. And uh, over the years, I have a great friend, business partner, and we would often do routines in elevators where we turn around, try to conduct the elevator and give people various voices. You'll be the altos, you'll be the basses. Okay, here we go. Ready? You sing, row, row, row. You know, and people look at you like you're nuts. And some people, though, laugh. That's the way I use my creativity <laughs> to get people it's to uh, unwind. But in someone not like me, which is most people, if they wanted to get ahead, if they wanted to develop better relationships at work or at home, instead of all the other stuff about relationships that we can read about forever, this is sort of a new approach, I'm guessing, a new approach to how to better your life, not just be creative. Exactly. And, you know, it's when we start with even something that might seem small, whether it's around drawing or painting or um, creating new experience with your family members wonderful example of being in an elevator, of creating a moment of connection with people. Um, when we see the power of that in our lives and can experience joy or satisfaction or fulfillment or see some sort of purpose there, it's those experiences that fuel our next steps in the creative journey. There's a certain amount of muscle memory needed, right? You have to do it to do it. You can't just say, oh, I think I'll be creative today. Take those baby steps and you'd be amazed at what you can, uh, what you can do and accomplish and change in your life. Exactly. It's this interesting mix of the internal and the external. So our mindsets and our lenses and perspectives 
are crucial, but they have to be activated. And it's kind of pairing that next level of, you know, telling someone that they should leave their job to go be an astronaut is not necessarily the wisest creative decision. Um, it's helping people find what they've got capacity for and building both the internal belief systems and then the experiences that help them achieve the actual benefits and rewards of creativity. Actually using the reward system in the brain that um, is can be responsible for things like addiction. It's the same part of the brain that creative cognition can actually activate joy in. Um, so it can be a powerful tool for people um, to, as you're saying, better their lives through this process of exploring creativity. Part of this process uh, that you've been involved in personally, Chris, you mentioned uh, onestepguides.com. That's the business side. But then there's a nonprofit side helping people with addiction issues called onestephope.org. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because there is a chapter on creativity. Healing is unlocked. So for me, my passion for this space came from my experience with addiction. And in recovery, it really created that moment of openness to change that um, in the forward of the book, where we start, you know, celebrating, being able to celebrate where we are in the good or the bad of that situation, but that openness to let things be subject to examination and to potentially shift, that's what recovery provided for me. And I ended up going back into the corporate world with this new operating system. If you're not familiar, um, and folks listening to this aren't familiar with the process of recovery from a substance use disorder, it's a lot of learning how we process thoughts and feelings differently. Mm. And it was that experience that helped me um, start to unlock writing, music making, but then also realizing, oh, in my job in the tech world, I can create experiences for people. I had this moment um, where I went back to the tech world with this passion for recovery because of what I've experienced and realizing, oh, I can find intrinsic motivation, which is a key for creativity, that naturally occurring joy or satisfaction that happens in my day job because I can be on the lookout for colleagues that might have similar experiences in their family. And that added a sense of purpose and a yes to something that, you know, my job was a great opportunity, but it, didn't, it added a spark to it that set things apart. And that, that unexpectedly motivated so much more. What you're talking about is real and practical. One does not have to stop being a, an architect or an insurance salesman to adopt these traits, some of them very simple traits that will indeed uh, expand your lifestyle. One of the key words that I uh, like to toss around a lot is curiosity. That's why I do the things I do. And it's so fascinating to me in the age of Googling anything. They know it's there if they need it. Talk a little bit about curiosity and how that leads to creativity. It's almost a quid pro quo, if you ask me. Definitely. And that permission to ask questions about ourselves, about the process, um, about really, you know, where we're finding purpose and joy, um, again, is an important environment. It's soil for creative growth. Um, I like to think about the term and kind of this concept of childlikeness, where um, some of the most impactful research in our society has been that done on early childhood development, where they begin to, to draw these linkages between poor life outcomes and trauma. Um, we actually... And I borrow some of the principles from early childhood development to help people achieve more curiosity and childlikeness in their approach to creativity. Um, and again, it points back to those, the mixture of kind of factors that we need. Um, creativity thrives not in pressure or obligation, or even this desire of, I want to be more creative. It's well-intentioned. It's, it's powerful to have that intention. Um, but we ultimately need, just as kids need in their development process, an experience of safety mm. as well as nourishment. And then um, maybe a clear way of saying what I was saying earlier, appropriate levels of challenge, appropriate levels of adventure of things to take on 
um, that are our next stage in creative development. Examples upon examples in your fine book, Chris. And uh, again, I think we need to illustrate that it's not about painting a, a vase or necessarily creating great poetry or whatever, but it can be something as well, planning a new hike for you and your friends, picking the right movie, <laughs> being creative, coming up with things that are, for some seem just totally mundane, but for others are a big step forward. And also comment while you're doing that about how this concept of unlocking creativity is a terrific uh, step forward to the introvert issue and, and becoming a bit more accepted. Yes, I, I love actually speaking to those who would disqualify themselves because their creativity isn't artistic or that have a viewpoint that's, that would say that my personality um, isn't like yours. So creativity isn't necessarily something for me. Um, we love to give examples of uh, the key thing is finding both the themes, um, which we talk about in the chapter on expressions that bring intrinsic motivation. And themes can be skills, topics, experiences, activities that bring that sense of intrinsic meaning, um, but then also helping people find a process that works for them. I'm, I'm an extrovert. Um, you know, a stranger is a friend I haven't met yet, um, but you don't need to be like me to find connection with people. Some people it's like, it's more of a, oh, I realize that I come alive when I get to be an encourager of other people or I'm a teacher. And there's many ways you can do that. Mm -hmm. You can leave people notes with kind affirmations. Um, you can bake cookies for people. Um, you can organize, thank God for organizers out there. I'm not one of those people. Um, but you can, like, that. that is a skill set that's actually incredibly creative. Refinement is a huge part of the creative process. And people, um, often we look at those that, that receive acclaim from society of being the author, the originator of creative solutions, and we downplay the collective aspect of creativity where all of us are drawing from the inputs, whether they're kind of the inspiration of, um, products or services or art that we see, or the inputs of relational connection, wisdom and learning. And there's a framework that the book lays out to help people see the meaning and the value that they have in both their individual, but also the places they contribute to others' creativity, which is a huge part of the thriving in the process. We're talking about both the outer reality and the inner reality. So let's focus on the inner reality for a minute and share with our listeners what happened in your life and also what happens in a lot of lives when the creative spark, if you will, is lit and what that can do to broaden your inner meaning and inner thought. Definitely. So the, the chapter on spirituality uh, comes right after this chapter on connection. And the hypothesis is that connection is the secret sauce for creativity. Uh, when we are meaningfully connected with ourselves, which is a lot of the intrinsic motivation stuff, um, with others and with something greater than us, it actually spurs. Creativity is natural. It's our natural state to actually bring things into existence, whether that's you know making breakfast in the morning, choosing an outfit, solving problems at work, you know, figuring out something um, for the kids to do after school. It's all it's part of part of who we are. And so the chapter on spirituality kind of stems from that of saying ultimately um, we need a sense of place in the world in order to thrive as human beings as well as as creative beings. And one of the aspects that can be most potent for people as they're exploring their creativity is finding that greater than connection through, um, you can use philosophy, spirituality, faith, religion. Um, and my process was very much spurred on by re-examination of uh, belief systems, um, spirituality, faith that had been part of my life since childhood, but required a re-understanding. Um, it's interesting, and this is what I write in the book. There are, there are belief systems that are going to be more or less helpful, whether they're religious or non-religious, 
um, for your creative process. And there's, it's that childlikeness that says, let's hold this up and see what the fruit of it is in my life um, and see if there's something that might need to be re-examined, adjusted, shifted, which is creative in nature um, for the sake of some output that I want to see. And it can simply be joy, simply be kind of creative flourishing and flow. So interesting. I'm thinking about my uh, grandchildren and uh, little kids who I identify with greatly. <laughs> We're about on the same level. But when they create an art project or a card for Papa, when it's looking like a total wreck, it's beautiful to me. That's what we lose when we get older. We lose that sense, oh, it's not perfect. Uh, he'll never like this or she won't like this. I mean, when I was dating my wife and uh, courting my wife, I was very uh, creative. <laughs> I did a lot of creative things. I wanted to impress her and make her laugh and smile, and I wanted to feel good about it too. But uh, it, it's true. When we are kids, our art project or our volcano in science class, it's just what it is. It's beautiful to the beholder, and that's what we're, that's what we're missing. We're lacking as adults. Exactly, and a lot of us have struggled to take on kind of new things. There's a neuroscience reason for this. There's also kind of experiential explanation of this. It's, it's easier to stay rooted in the things that we're comfortable with. Um, and the things that actually are bringing a sense of comfort and security and joy to us, it's, you know, our brains are wired that way, that neural pathways get reinforced for finding that purpose, which is, which can be a powerful and positive thing, but it can also lead us to underemphasize things that aren't re- providing that immediate reward. And so that's where this external atmosphere of safety can help us then take on challenges that are creative in nature that might be new things. And Jordan, there might be some new creative adventures for you here in this new season. I'm open to anything. (laughs) I'm ready to go. One thing before we uh, conclude, and that is I I mentioned the book lays out what's happening when you're creative, and it does have some tips. But your OneStepGuides.com business uh, actually helps people, works with businesses and individuals. How? What, What exactly do you do with folks to spur this kind of creativity? So we started in the summer of 2020. Um, which was an interesting time for all of us in many ways, doing online workshops from this content. And though the book just came out last month, um, the first draft was actually completed two years ago. Um, And so we have two years of history under our belt of working with people from across uh, different professions and experiences on unlocking their creativity um, from different industries. Um, And that led into what we've launched now, which is a professional development program that we bring to organizations and businesses. So we help people actually spur intrinsic motivation in their creative process, which we do these, we still have these online cohorts and workshops, which I love doing with folks, Um, but now getting to work in corporate environments. um, And there's a lot of really interesting research from the business world, Harvard Business Review and others who've seen the impact of helping workers, employees, leaders, professionals find intrinsic motivation in their work and kind of reconnecting to the creative purpose. Um, That may not be possible in every single company out there, but there's a lot of value and creative value that businesses are bringing to the world. Um, And when people can connect to that, it can spur productivity, wellness, um, and retention, but in a sustainable way. In an interesting way, the pandemic, which was so horrible for so many reasons, did afford people the time to stand down and think about stuff because they had the time. And boy, did so many people become creative, maybe not even self-described. They took up uh, painting, cooking, gardening, all kinds of things, activities that they might not have because they didn't feel they had the time. All of the ways that we shifted into getting things done, you know, even doing podcasts um, or different ways that we were solving problems or working together, 
it was creativity, you know, in its finest of problem solving in the midst of a season that was very costly and very hard and very difficult for a lot of people. I would say it's even creative to know which mechanic or which plumber to call when you really need somebody to fix something. That's creative. Because if you call the wrong guy and he doesn't call you back, then you're out of luck. Those relationships that actually that we gain and that understanding of um, building relationships with people is incredibly creative because then you can both for yourself and for others problem solve. And Jordan, I, after this call, we're going to have to dialogue. I would love to hear more about your creative expressions from the elevator. Oh, I've got a million of them. I've got a million of them. But here's my suggestion to you. Uh, maybe you've already thought of this. This is the kind of thing that uh, I hope you can twist an arm that belongs on a on a TV platform. I could see creativity unlocked. You do a whole series with individuals from all over the place, put it on Netflix. Come on, Netflix, wake up and uh, show people in action doing this. I think it would be a great reality series for you. I have a friend actually who started a company completely separately from what we're doing called Creators Co. We're, we're actually talking about things like this. So good. you're on it. Um, I also <laughs> want to highlight real quick, we just launched an app. It's going to be on the Apple Store in the next week or two called Creativity Unlocked. And that is a go-to source for the encouragement, inspiration, and tools that can help people unlock their journey as well. Well, I am so uh, happy that we've met. Uh, you are a very dynamic young man with a great future. And uh, the fact that you are self-admittedly healing, I think all of us are healing to a certain extent, is is very good. You came to your senses and uh, your senses exploded in this creative wonder. And I think that's what brought us the book and your organizations. And thanks for doing what you're doing for those who are addicted. That's a great, great cause. Jordan, thank you so much. And thank you for the experiences you're creating for your listeners. It's has more of an impact than than you may realize. I absolutely, I'm honored to do it, to hear from you and people like you. It's called Creativity Unlocked by Chris Lumry, L-U-M-R-Y. And it is the key, pardon the expression, to the future. I think everyone needs to bring out that inner child and think out of the box. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again to Chris Lumry, author of Creativity Unlocked, an inside-out approach to a life of joy and purpose. You can do us a very big favor by either rating or reviewing this podcast. That just helps us grow our numbers, which are growing every single day, every single week. And I couldn't be more appreciative. Thanks as well to Dan Tebow of Fast Switch Media for his help in publishing. And of course, to Chart Productions, where we produce this podcast and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Find out more at jordanrich.com. And until next time, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.